This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. One thought about Otani, and we'll get to some of the guys they added over the last week. There is a part of me with Otani. I don't expect the Mets to swoop in and get him. I don't want to like talk any Met fan into believing in the miracle. But I don't give up on this easily. And what I mean by that is every rumor I hear about Otani is, well, he's going to decide soon. That's really the only rumor we've heard. And that the Mets are on kind of the outside looking in because he doesn't prefer to come here. I I continue to wait for that out of nowhere tweet that says the Mets got Otani for $600 million. I don't know why. That's like the dream I won't give up on despite the reports that the Mets are kind of on the outside looking in. So that's not me talking everybody up that it's going to happen. I just haven't fully, fully, fully given up on that because I can certainly see Steve Cohen, especially from what happened last year with Correa, because that was the ultimate come out of nowhere moment. Now, granted, it didn't happen. It didn't stick because of what went on with the contract and what went on with the injury question. But when that news went down, I mean, go back and listen to the archives of the Rico Bronia from a year ago. What was it? December of 2022. We were shook. We were stunned. Like, what the F? So. There's a small part of me that holds out hope that we may get Correa'd with Shohei Otani. I haven't completely given up on it. You, you've given up, Pete. I can tell by your face. Yeah, I just feel like he, the, the more it goes on, the less I feel comfortable that he really wants to come to the East, East Coast. He doesn't. Like, but that may not matter, Pete. Well, it, it does if the Mets don't really make him a proper offer. No, 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 but that, that's my point. Look, they're not getting him on a, on a discount. I'm saying uh, John Heyman had a report. He's got multiple $500 million offers. Is it not possible that at the end of this process, which I think is going to be really soon, Steve Cohen calls the agent up and says, here's $650 million, and maybe there's a pause and a, you know what? This is too good. We're going to just take it. Like I would not rule that out because – when that news came out about Correa, that, that gives me the hope. Because sometimes you say, well, where do you get this confidence from? Now, I know a lot of non-Met fans have asked that about Steve Cohen. Where do you get the confidence? What has he really, really done? And maybe it's not as much as we painted out to be. But that morning of waking up to here's a 13-year, $300 million deal for a guy that wasn't even on the Met radar, at least keeps that seedling alive that at the last second, there's just a monster offer for Otani, and we get the Jeff Passan bomb that shocks the world. That would be the ultimate Christmas gift. But I just, honestly, this is the one that I just don't see it happening. I could see others. I could see some trade potential moves that, that are just like, wow, where the hell did that come from? And I do love the fact, again, that we 
the one thing that, that Steve Cohen has been consistent with in with his moves is he does make bomb of a of a move. He makes bomb he out of nowhere moves that we just never saw coming. And that's the the brilliant that's the greatness of Steve Cohen. He could do that. And he always does it with all every single move. I just don't see the Otani one being it. Other well, so far we've gotten one bomb, and of course that's the sounding of Andre Scrub. I don't think any of us saw that one coming. That was a real shocker. But instead of mocking, is that a, is that a joke? I mean, come on, is that a <laughs> joke? It, uh, Did he hear us making fun of like the fact that you're getting all scrubs? And it's like, hey, by the way, we started <laughs> another one just for you. Here's why it's not a joke for for anybody that hears about Kyle Crick. And Cole Salsler, even though that was probably about a week ago, or Austin Adams or Carlos Guzman or any of the names that came in over the last week. And I left out the position players for a specific reason. Here's why it's not a joke. And I remember saying this a couple of weeks ago to you about what's going to have to happen for the Mets to really bounce back in 2024. And there are some obvious things. You know, we've talked about adding starting pitching. We've talked about adding a bat. Those are the obvious things. Yeah. Brett Beatty having a better year. It's an obvious thing. One of the other things that's going to have to happen, and and all you have to do is watch the playoffs this year and you know about it, is there are going to have to be guys in this bullpen that step up and come out of nowhere. It isn't simply which veteran relievers did they add that have a good track record, and that's the bullpen. That's not how it works a lot in baseball. You have guys that absolutely come out of nowhere. What David Stearns did well in his time in Milwaukee, is there were relievers that came out of nowhere. So save this tape for this Rico Bronia, for the December 3, 4, 5, whenever you're listening edition of the Rico, because they added four relievers on minor league contracts and one reliever on a split contract. And I'll name their names again. So if you're listening in May and you went back on this, you remember the names. These are guys that could be on the major league roster at some point this season. They could be guys that we are cursing out at some point during this major league season, maybe more likely than not, but they also could be relievers. And this is going to be important. They need to find relievers. And maybe it's not the five names I'm about to mention. Maybe it's somebody else that David Stearns picks up in March. Maybe it's somebody else that we're not even thinking about. But you need guys out of your bullpen that come out of nowhere. That's the truth. And that's why when they add Kyle Crick, I don't just dismiss it and say, who the hell is Kyle Crick? I look closer and I say, okay, he's 31 years old. It was five years ago, but in 2018, he had a very good year with Pittsburgh. He's a high strikeout guy, but he's also a high walk guy. Okay. Did not pitch last year. All right. And I kind of file it away because maybe Kyle Crick, at 31 years old, is that reliever that finds himself. Cole Sulcer, he's 34 years old. His best season wasn't that long ago. It was back in 2021 with the Baltimore Orioles. He's a fastball changeup guy who had reverse splits, which means, not a surprise considering he throws a changeup as a righty, was tougher against lefties than righties. Okay, file it away. Because in a big spot come June, he's taking on Bryce Harper, bases loaded two out. Maybe he does get that big strikeout. I got to check the schedule. I'm not sure we play the Phillies in June, but whatever. You get my point. Maybe Andre Scrub, who's a 28-year-old right-hander who they picked up from the Houston Astros, who in 2020, pandemic season, was nasty out of the bullpen. Maybe a few years later, he all of a sudden puts it all together and has his best year out of the bullpen. 
Maybe Austin Adams, who's the guy they acquired on that split contract and throws sliders more often than Adam Adovino. I think he throws sliders 90% of the time. Maybe he puts it all together and gives us a big year. This is not a pep talk. This is not me telling you these guys are going to be great because I have no idea. This is me reminding you that sometimes the best moves in the off seasons are the ones that you don't even think about. And if they're going to be good this year, here's the prediction. If the Mets are going to be good in 2024, if they're going to get back to the postseason, if this bullpen is going to be a strength this year, they're going to have to find guys who come out of nowhere. This bullpen is not going to be simply reliant on well, Brooks Raley and Edwin Diaz and Drew Smith. I mean, yes, want those guys to be good, but you're going to have to find these guys. This is sometimes where the GMs, the good GMs, the good team presidents, that's when they're the great GMs and the great team presidents. The big moves get the attention. The under-the-radar, on-the-margins moves are really, really important. Let me put this in a way Pete Hoffman will understand. We play fantasy every year. You don't win in the first round. You don't win in the second round. It's that pick in the 18th round that you look back on and say, I won the league because I picked a guy in the 18th round that no one thought of. And yeah, besides the obvious, which we spend a lot of time talking about, the obvious is easy. It's those on-the-margin moves. And that's why I'm not talking up Kyle Crick to you. I'm not talking up Cole Sussler. I'll just give you the information, like the basic information about these guys. Then we'll see them in spring training. We'll see if they make the major league team. And we'll all curse them out together if they stink in April and May. I'm not talking them up. I'm reminding you that those moves matter. And they shouldn't be dismissed because you're waiting for something sexy and bigger. They matter. They're important. And this is where we're going to find out how good David Stearns truly is. No, you're right. And I said this last podcast, and I, I really truly believe this, like the amount of work that, that Stearns has made behind the scenes with all the scouts and all the analytical department, like bringing a, new, a totally new regime, regime, they're probably looking over every single person on the 40-man, every single person. And they're, they're with a fine comb, you know, they're going through and making sure – these guys are what they want on our on our roster because if they don't fit their mold, they're going to be gone, which is why guys like Vogelback were gone. Guys like Luis Guillorme, see you later. Like There was people that we didn't expect to, to not be on this team anymore. We thought they'd still be here. Guillorme made sense to be here. He's not here anymore. So it clearly seems like they're looking for specific players. But that also being said, I know that though these moves do count, but I there's very limited names of impact out there so that's why there's 30 teams going for very limited people so i got a guy like sonny gray moving and everyone's like oh he sucks in new york anyway i'm like if you look at his numbers yeah he sucked in new york one year but his numbers overall that guy was easily penciled in as a third maybe a second round a second starter for the new york mets easy and should have been considered and the fact that he had one bad season because the yankees you know treated him poorly and made him tra- uh, use his uh, slider more. It shouldn't be dismissed that we have to think a little bit of the actual talent that's out there. Yeah, I was I was never against Sonny Gray if they were interested in bringing him in. He ended up getting a good deal out of St. Louis, three years, $75 million, which is reasonable because it's a short-term deal. It's funny, I was looking at the 40-man roster that's starting to fill up now with not all those guys are on the 40-man, like Kyle Crick and Cole Sulsler. They all got minor league deals. Andre Scrub got a minor league deal. I think the only one that went to the 40-man 
was Austin Adams. But Phil Bickford is still there. Jose Budo's obviously there. Reed Garrett is still there. Grant Hartwig is still there. Sean Reed Foley is still there. Josh Walker is still there. And they're all going to be in that mix. You know, you're going to have, I'd say, two or three spots in your bullpen that are just going to be fluctuating every week with guys coming up and down that minor league train. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, by the way, a uh, happy birthday, Josh Walker. I saw a nice uh, a birthday tweet, I think, on Friday. Yes. Great job by the Mets. Yes, 1994 <laughs> was his birthday. So what does that mean? He's 29, I think, 29 years old. I'm not good at math mm. right now. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's much younger than us. <laughs> some of the, yeah, some of the other guys they added. By the way, speaking of much younger than us, th- th- I, this is so unrelated, but it hit me. I took my three-year-old, okay, so my youngest son, Spence, just me and him, to the Brooklyn Nets game on Saturday night. And Paulo Bancaro is the best player on the Magic, for those that pay attention. He's an incredibly young guy. And I looked at my buddy, who also brought his three-year-old, and I said, our three-year-olds are closer in age to Paulo Bancaro than we are. <laughs> and that just killed me. That is. That's a sad Dude, state. That's that not good. I'm like, I'm cheering <laughs> on Cam Thomas, and I'm like, oh, my God, my three-year-old is closer in age to Cam Thomas than I am. That is just, that's a sick feeling, man. Dude, our world is ending. Thanks. <laughs> It really is. It really is. Oh, so some of the other guys they added. Uh, Cooper Hummel, who's a switch-hitting super utility guy. I was looking closer at his numbers. Hasn't hit the major league level, but had a very high on-base percentage guy in the minor leagues. He's another one of those depth guys if guys get hurt, I guess, would be the only way he's on the major league roster. They all are also added Tyler Hyman, who's a true backup catcher, which makes sense because – Right now, the only catchers on their 40-man were Francisco Alvarez and Omar Narvaez. And I'll ask you this about Tyler Heineman, who's a switch hitter. Tynumin is how you pronounce it. For anyone who wants to mock that, would you prefer him or Tomas Nito? Think about that. Catcher goes down. Who would you rather have added up? The other one that's interesting is this Zach Short. Zach Short was added to their 40-man roster. Really good defensive player, which drew me in because you could use that, especially as a late-inning defensive replacement depending on who the everyday third baseman and second baseman is. And Zach Short is a diehard, diehard New York Jets fan to the point where he doesn't even want to talk about what's going on this season. Doesn't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. It bothers him too much. So at least we have that in common with Zach Short. So some of those are some of the guys they added if you want to learn more about them. Did he go to the uh, Jet game with uh, McNeil today? No, McNeil went to the Ranger game. Was McNeil at the Jet game too? He went to both games. Really? He torched, himself. he torched himself for three hours. I was like, you know what? I need to win. I need to feel good about myself. So we went to the Ranger game. Wow. Jeff went to both. My God. Man of the people. How's he going to take the news if he's traded at the winter meetings? <laughs> oh. oh. He'll probably hope, be, maybe be happy. <laughs> hope you enjoyed all that New York time that you spent. Speaking <laughs> of one of his friends, Pete Alonzo, I saw 
a rumor that intrigued me. I don't want to get too nuts about rumors, but a rumor that intrigued me because it was the first time I had seen the Mets attached to this guy. And I'm interested in this guy. I think it'd be a good addition for the Mets. And the more I thought about it, the more I said to myself, if they sign this guy, I think it makes it more likely Pete Alonso is here long-term. Hear me out on that. And the guy I'm talking about is Young Ho Lee. Young Ho Lee is about to be posted from the KBO in the next couple of days. He, of course, is the left-hand hitting Korean outfielder who has elite bat-on-ball skill, like elite, never strikes out, not a lot of pop, not a lot of pop. Left-hand hitter, missed a bunch of time last year. I think it was with a fractured ankle, if I'm not mistaken. And he's probably going to get five years, $85 million, something of that nature. But you look at his numbers in the KBO, they, they are intoxicating because of the high batting average, even though we, we don't live in a world in which people seem to care that much about batting average. But Young-Ho Lee is a guy who I had not seen the Mets connected to very much. He's 25 years old, so young. Gotta love that. His numbers last year in the KBO, 318, 406 on base, 860 OPS, at six home runs. Not a lot of stolen bases. The year before that, in 142 games, hit 349 with a 996 OPS, 23 home runs, 113 RBIs. He struck out 32 times. That is Tony Gwynn-like numbers in terms of not striking out. Will that translate in the United States? Look, I don't think it translates into 340. I'm not saying that. But that's a very, very interesting kind of player, a guy that could play anywhere in the outfield, left-handed bat, elite rate of putting the bat on the ball. So what does that mean? There's a couple of reasons why I would be excited about being interested in him. Number one, the Mets need an outfielder. I don't think we have spent enough time on it. We've spent time on it, but it's mostly been starting pitching, starting pitching, starting pitching, starting pitching. Right now, when you look at the Mets 40-man roster, who who plays the outfield? They have Sterling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, DJ Stewart, and the only other two outfielders on their 40-man right now are Alex Ramirez, who's years away, and Cooper Hummel, who they just claimed. So they need a major league everyday outfielder. You know, I don't think DJ Stewart is penciled in as an everyday outfielder coming into the season, or should he? I think he's a guy that should be on the roster. I think he's a left-handed bat off the bench. He's, to me, not the everyday left fielder. So they clearly need to add an outfielder. That goes without saying. So on what level do they add that outfielder? Young Ho Lee, who's only 25 years old, so, so young, and, and that's unique for free agents. That's part of why Juan Soto is going to get such a mega contract. Obviously, he's not Juan Soto, at least hasn't proven that yet. But getting guys that young, very, very appealing. Now, you may say, well, what the hell does that have to do with Pete Alonso? That's how I started this. I'll tell you exactly what it has to do with Pete Alonso. Tell me if I'm stretching here. You add a guy like that to this lineup. Lineup's a puzzle. You add a high average high contact rate, not a slugger. Because I don't think the 23 home runs from two years ago, you're figuring is translating every single year. And if that, and if it does, that's a high-end 23 home runs. It's probably not going to be much more than that. Your puzzle can't exclude losing such a reliable power bat like Pete Alonso if you just added, you know, an outfielder making $16 million a year who's kind of, skill set is based around putting the ball in play and getting on base and not hitting home runs because the Mets lineup 
doesn't feature a lot of pop, even though they hit home runs last year. It's Pete Alonzo. He's the guy who supplies the pop. Brandon Nimmo hits home runs, but I don't think anybody would say he's a home run hitter. I'll even say that about Lindor, as crazy as that may seem. Lindor hits home runs. It's a compliment, by the way. This is not a knock. Ken Griffey Jr. used to say that about himself as well. He's like, I don't think I'm, I don't think of myself as a home run hitter. Meanwhile, he did a ton of home runs. Lindor hits home runs. I don't think of him as a slugger. Pete's a slugger. And if you're investing in Young Ho Lee for a long term, that at least tells me you're going to invest in Pete Alonso because it's very difficult to replace that kind of slugger. And like I've said about Pete, he's not the best player in baseball. He's not Aaron Judge. But you know what he is? He's the most reliable slugger in baseball. That's how I phrase it. He's not better than Aaron Judge. He's just more reliable than Aaron Judge. He's not better than Shohei Otani. He's just more reliable than Shohei Otani. He is. Guy goes out and plays 150 games every year. So the interest in Young Ho Lee, I love for a myriad of reasons. The high reward potential, because we don't really know what he is. The age, the elite, bat on ball ability. And I do think signing him would be a warning sign that you're definitely going to lock up Pete Alonso because you can't lose that kind of slugger. Now, it, it, Young Ho Lee, is he, I know, he's much younger than Ichiro when he came. Ichiro was, what, 27, 28 when he came to the base? Yeah, a couple correct. years older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And now, I don't know his, his his prior years. You told me the past two, and they look good. But, like, was he, has he always been a, a above-average hitter? Yeah, so he, 18 years old in the KBO, 324. 19 years old in the KBO, 355. 20 years old in the KBO, 336. His lowest batting average season was actually this past year when he hit 318. So he has been career batting average of 340. How about that? Dude, it, it, listen, I am one who actually loves batting average still. I'm the one who still focuses on that. I understand that OPS and OBP, they mean a lot more to certain other people. But batting average really means that you're when you're hitting the ball, it's going in play. And you're, you know, that's important because especially with runners in base on the, you know, scoring position, you're going to score runs that way. That being said, though, dude, if if you get young, young Ho Lee and he turns into anything close to Ichiro Suzuki, again, power numbers were never there with Ichiro, but he was one of the best hitters of all time. That would be incredible. Now, how's his defense, though? Uh, I mean, you can only (laughs) read what they tell you about that. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing about international players. I don't know. Whatever, Google his name in defense. <laughs> Someone will tell you, but. Is he I, better than uh, Shinjo? You know, well, Shinjo wasn't bad, man. He used to jump before he made every catch, which I always thought was fun. No, the guy I think of internationally with defense was Kaz Matsui. That the idea that they were signing him to play shortstop, you watched him for a game and you're like, that guy's not a shortstop. What are we talking about? So it's one of those things where you have to watch him all the time. Um, what is he defensively? I, I I don't know. I don't know. Do you agree with the Alonzo point though, that that would actually be a connection that signing a guy like him long-term makes it more likely that you lock up a reliable slugger like Pete? Well, if you commit to another outfield, then that means you have Nimmo and, and young Ho Lee. So two out of the three outfield positions are there. And that's what we basically are talking about trying to fill in is a big, big time offensive bat. So that you're saying basically young Ho Lee comes in, Soto's off the board. And Alonzo's a guy that makes sense at first base. And yes, I do agree that you need to be able to have versatility in your lineup. And Alonzo, I don't want to just... I'm, I, anybody that sits here goes that Pete Alonzo is not going to be able to hit 40-plus home runs for the next five, six years. I'm sorry. You clearly just don't 
watch Pete Alonso every day. I don't have any evidence that he's going to fall off a rooftop. I mean, there's just no evidence to support that other than just making a blind prediction. By the way, I Googled Young Ho Lee defense. He is considered, quote, an above average defensive center fielder. So he may be good enough defensively where Nimmo gets shifted to left if the Mets make a play for him. Let's go. Keep an eye on him because if they don't add Young Ho Lee, if you're not drawn in by this, and, and I get it, you say to yourself, you know what? It's the KBO. It's not the Japanese baseball league. I don't know what this translates to at the major league level, and you're skeptical of it, and maybe you want some more pop. My counter, not really a counter, just be a question of, okay, well, who do you want to go get? Because they clearly need to add an outfielder. Uh, they they cannot go into spring training with only the five outfielders they have on their 40-man roster. That can't happen. Like, I don't think anybody would be thrilled with that. So 